for for all things ATL. For everything Falcons. First to the end zone, touchdown! This is Peachtree Football. Now, your host, Dylan Matthews and Bo Morgan. What's going on, everybody? It is your boy, Dylan Matthews, alongside the man, the myth, the legend himself, Bo Morgan, and we are Peachtree Football. Make sure you guys like this podcast, download the podcast, subscribe to Peachtree Football wherever you get your podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Spotify. We are on the Odyssey app. Wherever you get your podcast, Peachtree Football is there. Bo Morgan, the Falcons, in their 2022 2023 season on a high note a 30 to 17 victory over tom brady and the tampa bay buccaneers finished the season seven and ten exact same record as last year with all things considered i think is a pretty good feat for arthur smith and this atlanta falcons football team we have a lot to get into squid some Rookie records were broken today. That's right, plural records. We'll get into the other one you might not have known about. You probably know about it now, but you may not have known about it coming into the season. We'll get into that. We'll obviously recap and break down the game. But Squid, where I want to start is I have a question I want to ask you, and I want your opinion on it because I, the vibe I'm getting around Falcons Twitter and what I've heard just from other people – It's kind of been a mixed bag, and I want to know where you stand on this. Should this count? I know it does count, but should it count as the Falcons beating Tom Brady today? Because technically, and again, this it is going to count as the Falcons in the actual statistics. It is going to go down as the Falcons beat Tom Brady for the first time ever this afternoon. However, technically, when Tom Brady went out for Blaine Gabbert and then Kyle Trask at the end, the score was 10 to 10, and the game was tied when Brady went out. Do you, in your record books, count this as the Falcons beating Tom Brady? No. Um, <laughs> the score was tied when when yeah. he when he went out. I don't really care about that. I mean, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. I mean, when a guy's like 11 or 12 and 0 against you, I mean, what does one what right. does one win matter? At the end of the regular the of the season. season, when there was nothing on the line at all for either team other than pride, uh, for one, um, and the guy left the game without injury, um, no, I mean, does that, you know, that it, it's it's just like it's kind of it's just like kind of silly because does it does it make up for twenty to three because no, an, <laughs> not at all. An eight not and nine football team lost to a seven and ten football team or a quarterback of an eight and nine football team lost to a team that was seven and ten that pulled that in, in the eight and nine quarterback didn't even finish the game. No, I mean I I don't and by the way, I, I if he stays in there, he probably you probably don't win the game. Uh yeah. you know, I mean, because they were pretty ineffective on offense, um, other than the short field drive uh, in the first half. Um, what was was Gabbert's first drive? They're pretty ineffective the rest of the game on offense without Brady. So now I don't care about that. And if you're hanging your hat on that, I mean, if that's what we're talking about, then we've got other issues. Um, that I, I could care. I couldn't. Uh, I don't. I don't care about it. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference to me. It's silly. Um, 
And I mean, and we, and we talked about it on and off the air. I'm pretty sure. Uh, mm-hmm. and I remember off the air. I know for sure. And, and you, you're a part of those conversations, so you hear some of that. Um, but I, I mean, I, that, I just don't care about that. It doesn't matter to me. I, I care about um, the fact that you know the other 11 or 12 games that you know we couldn't win. So it, I mean, that's great, cool, fine. At least it'll have a one next to it, and one day, 20 years from now. You know, somebody might look and say, well, you know, he never went out. He didn't go undefeated against any teams in the NFL. <laughs> That's cool. Great. That's awesome. But I, I just don't. I just, who cares? I just wondered where you stood on that side of and the I'm debate. I'm not trying to be, by the way, if you're listening, I'm not being a jerk to Dylan and dismissing no. his question. It's just that I know what he's talking about because I heard it. Multiple people mentioned it to me today before yeah. and after the game. So this isn't the first time I've heard it. Um, but. In the end of the day, doesn't it doesn't make any difference? And no, I, I think you're absolutely right. I, I mean, I don't disagree with you at all. It, it doesn't matter. It's insignificant, and whether it's twelve and one, thirteen and zero, fourteen and zero, whatever the number is, I don't even know what the number is because it really doesn't matter. Because Tom Brady has had our number whenever he's played us, whether it's in a Patriots jersey or a Tampa Bay Buccaneers jersey, it doesn't matter. And like you said, it doesn't make up for twenty eight to three or any other games where he's beaten us at. So. Plus, again, it, it was a game that Lily had nothing on the line, had zero implications. It was just all about pride. So I completely agree with your sentiment there. I just wanted to see what your answer would be because I thought it would be kind of funny. And I got a little chuckle out of it. But anywho, let's move on to some bright spots for the Atlanta Falcons. Number one, they won the game today, finished the season on a high note, finished on a two-game winning streak, which is good. Got the same number of wins they got last year, which, again, all things considered, you transitioned over to a rookie quarterback. It, when you when you think about everything uh, that went on this season for the Atlanta Falcons, seven and ten was good. When you we've said it multiple times, you said it multiple times on this podcast. CBS they had us what projected to win two games, and we more than doubled that. We got we got five games over that, and we ended up with seven games. So I think that's a great feat for the Atlanta Falcons, but. I want to make sure we get to Tyler Algier and, De- and well, Desmond Ritter too, but Drake London. Both of those both of those guys break Atlanta Falcons rookie records. Tyler Algier breaking William Andrews' record for rushing yards in a single season. He eclipsed that number. Um, he finishes, I believe, with 1,035 is the number he finished at. Uh, I don't have it right in front of me, but 1,035, I believe, was the number he finished with to break yeah, the record. That's, that's it, because mm-hmm. he came into the game with 900 yards on the ground. And, and then he, had he, came in, he came in with 1,139 totally all-purpose yards, uh, mm-hmm. I guess you could say, and he added another 135 to that. So that's what, go. like 270 or something, a little bit more, a little bit less, mm-hmm. something like that. So like 274, I think, or something like that. Right. So he is so Tyler Algier breaks that rookie record, and then Drake London as well breaks Kyle Pitts's record that Kyle Pitts put up last year with the most receptions by a uh, Falcons pass catcher. With uh, Kyle Pitts at sixty-eight last year, Drake London eclipses that by one with sixty-nine. So Drake London and Tyler Algier both get in the record books, and I mean both of them. Bo had big time seasons and i think we at this point have now 
when Kyle Pitts comes back, obviously I still think he's the number one option for this Atlanta Falcons football team. But, I mean, Drake London's right there. I mean, you could honestly call him a, a 1B at this point, especially with the kind of relationship and the kind of connection he and Desmond Ritter have. But, I mean, man, those, those two rookies, big-time years this year, showing out in their rookie campaigns. Yeah, um, obviously let's start – well, I'll start with Algier, but, and that's kind of where you started. Um, this is a guy that was inactive week one, and everyone was had their little comments after week one about, you know, him and being inactive and what's that say. I remember seeing – I think D'Angelo Malone and, and Algier were both inactive week one, and I remember seeing, oh, uh, hello, uh, uh, say about your draft pick. <laughs> you know, and all that crap that we always have to hear right. and uh, from the negative people. And – um. And Algier, all he did was go out there and as a fifth-round pick, that first thing you heard from the negative was, oh, he fumbles and blah, blah, blah. And guy turns in and has, honestly, uh, I mean, just a hell of a year. I mean, And honestly, he should be at least in consideration for NFC Offensive Rookie of the Year. Should at least be in consideration, in my opinion. His name should be in that conversation. Well, offensive, yeah. I mean, I'd have to go look and 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 I get you know I get a little caught a little off guard on on some of that. But he came into right. the day seventeenth in rushing, um, and uh, he wouldn't be in the top ten uh, overall at the end. Of, even uh, if 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 nobody else got, if no other player played a game, um, he would he would he would be around. Uh, he would be eleventh. On rushing, uh, that's where one thousand, that's where a uh, thousand and thirty-five yards would put him. But this is the guy who basically had to. He only had, now he had today. He had twenty, uh, twenty-four carries today, so that put him around two hundred and ten carries on the year. But um, I mean, other than Justin Fields, uh, and you know, he would he he. <laughs> I mean, you look at the the guys at the top of the rushing attack. I mean, Josh Jacobs has got 340 carries, and he's got six over 1,600 yards. Justin Fields has 160 for 1,100. It's a little bit different with Fields because, um, you know, some of his runs are, are are essentially in passing plays. So, you know, depending on depending on what the, what what kind of defense is being played, you know, if they're a man, if they're playing man, and the middle of the field be vacated, and Justin was showed a phenomenal job of as a runner of being elusive and all, all those kinds of things. But you just can't underestimate how, how good um, Algier has played as, as a running back and just how well he has came on strong. And, again, this was a guy that was basically for most of the season, um, it was he was a three-headed monster, right? Right. And if you go back and look, again, only had 210 carries. So he turned into the workhorse the last four or five games whereas he wasn't most of the year. Um, and that's pretty impressive to me. I mean, this is a guy that came into the day averaging uh, just under five yards a carry. So, pretty freaking cool. Now, Drake London is a guy who got – I think he got so much better down the stretch. In fact, oh, yeah. um, going into – let me let me grab this um, – Squid Billy's pulling up the numbers. Going into the Cardinals game, okay, he had had his last three games before the for the Cardinals game. He had had thirty two targets, twenty catches. Um, he had uh, 
He had another, what, eight targets and six catches today. And, um, you know, I, I think uh, if you look at it, he had um, – so he had five catches against the Cardinals um, for a little under 50 yards, I think. Um, so I think it for, for 47 yards. So, um, yeah, for 47 yards, it's right there in front of me. I don't know why I'm doing math, but I just got to read. Um, so that's pretty impressive. I, I just thought how Drake got stronger, Dylan, as the year went on says a lot. And this is a guy that went out in the game today. It was questionable at one point with a foot injury. Um, and he yeah. came back and got a few more catches, a few more big catches, and just really impressed um, with some of the chemistry that him and, him and Desmond seemed to have. But just how he got progressively better during the season, he made contested catches, made one a day a phenomenal catch with a hell of a throw by, by Ritter basically in the air. And so just really, really impressed with how these two rookies especially got better. And that's what you want from your first-round pick. And uh, another year where your first-round pick played pretty well all year. And um, and honestly, let's think about this. He, he, he ended the year with 72 catches for 866 yards, right? Right. Um, so you, you, two picks that people have criticized both went out and did a really good job. Um in their uh, in their rookie seasons, and then Algiers, a guy, you know, Richie Grant's a guy who who came on strong this year. I thought Advocate did a lot of good things. Yep. TQ Graham had a good year until he was hurt. Um, Troy Anderson's a guy that he uh, he's really learning on the job, but he's only going to get better. And the fact that he's making plays, he has moments. Um, you know, Avery Williams is a it was a fifth round pick who's become a core special team. I mean, you can look around, and there are young guys that are actively contributing um, on this team. And I think those are all positive signs, but especially the two that we've talked about, the, the two main guys, which are, uh, and th- that we started here that had it, which is, um, which is London and, um, and, and Algier. The word of the day, I think for the Atlanta Falcons and Atlanta Falcons fans should be optimism. There's a lot of things to be optimistic about. We just touched on, Tyler Algier and Drake London. Obviously, we've talked a lot about Desmond Ritter, who got his first um, he got his first two career touchdown passes today, which was also great to see. Uh, one to Michael Pruitt, one to Alameda Zacchaeus. There are so many things to be optimistic about. You just touched on the defensive well, the young guys and the young core on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, there are just so many things to look forward to to next year. So it seems like you have a pretty good foundation on both offense and defense. You got Ritter, you have Algier, you have Drake London, Kyle Pitts, who's going to only be in his third year when, uh, whenever he comes back off of his injury next season. And then, you know, you got you got a piece, a uh, pro bowler on, on, on the offensive line and Chris Lindstrom, and we'll see what happens with Caleb McGarry. Jake Matthews will be coming back as well. We'll see what happens with the rest of the offensive line. And then on the defensive side, you just talk about it. Evan Katie, you still got Grady Jarrett. You got Richie Grant, who's making plays. Troy Anderson. You know, hopefully Michael Walker, he, he he disappeared a little bit towards the second half of the season. Well, <laughs> you're, you're, he, but, he disappeared because he essentially got benched for Troy Anderson. Yeah, and, which was the right move. And look, I love, I, I've been around Michael Walker. Yeah. He's a cool dude. He's a nice human being. 
Makes my bonehead plays sometimes, though. Well, Trying we'll to do get, too much. Well, we'll get into this later, but my issue with Michael Walker is I see him in position to make plays constantly, and he, yeah. and they don't, and he doesn't happen. Yeah. I've seen him blow some plays. Yeah, every every player blows assignments from time to time. It's just it, just what happens. Nobody's perfect. Yeah, but I think we're seeing that Troy Anderson is the future of that position. The guy for me. And I don't want to – I'm sorry I interrupt you, but no, I like it when we have back and forth. Yeah. Rashawn Evans is a guy I need back yeah. on our team. Yes. Because Rashawn Evans yeah. stepped up, came in here, and I think he wants – after talking to him today after the game, mm-hmm. he wants to be here. This yes. is where he wants to play. And I think that he could make some money in the offseason because he essentially filled the Foyer Luican spot. And – to perfection. All he did was going into this game, he was like fourth or fifth in the league in tackles. While Foyer went to Jacksonville, making the playoffs, and is the league leader in tackles. So again, um, second straight year for yeah. Foyer. So congrats to him. So though, so I won't. I would like to go into the season to have Rashawn and Troy Anderson, and we'll see where Mike, Michael Walker will be on the team, and maybe he fights for that position. But that's what I would look at, honestly. That's where I want to be um, in that linebacker position, and and, and I'm not talking about. You guys, me and Dylan aren't talking about your edge linebackers, your outside <laughs> no. linebackers who are essentially edge, edge rushers. rushers. Yeah, we're talking. Yeah, we're talking about uh, the inside linebackers. You know, between Tory Anderson and uh, Rashawn Evans, and you alluded to it. Rashawn Evans, after the game, spoke with Dave Archer, and you were part of that conversation as well, Squid. He said this was the most fun he ever had in his NFL career. This season with Atlanta was the most fun he's ever had. And there's something to that. And, you know, guys, you know, you can say he was just being professional, saying all the right things, but you could hear a sincereness in his voice and that he was genuinely, genuinely, like, he really did have a fun time in Atlanta. He really does like being here. And he said this is home for him as well. So hopefully they can bring Rashawn Evans back. I've been around Rashawn since the preseason. Yeah. Um. And and I know that's but training camp is what I should say. Right. Um and been around him with with how you know how he's handled it. First off, let's not if we're gonna talk about this, let's let's just be honest. He was yeah. a bust, labeled a bust right. yeah. in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. When you're and he didn't it's not that he played terrible in Tennessee, but but he's got four hundred and seventy one tackles for his career, guys, before today, obviously. Um and he had 154 this year. All right. So, yep. what I'm saying, what I'm trying to tell you is that he's played, he has just went above and beyond. He didn't get his fifth year picked up. He was a first round pick in Tennessee. Um, and there says something to be about the professionals and that he handled all year because we talked to him in some tough spots and he handled mm-hmm. all in class. But this was a year where he had something to prove. Yeah. And I think he did. And mm-hmm. he uh, showed that he's a leader on the team. He was throwing his body around all year, including the day when it didn't matter, according to the fans. <laughs> um, so, you know, you're right on and what your assessment of by him talking and what he said to us. He really wants to be here. And yeah. he, I, I just don't see how – I think I, – I'm not – dude – this is a game where you we've we, we, if reality is hit, and I'm not using Demar Hamlin's situation and what happened with him as a punchline or anything like that. It's not like this, but right. if anything that happened with Demar Hamlin, it's a reminder that this is a violent game, yeah. Um, and you're not guaranteed another play. You know, no. just like you know, everybody says take every moment 
uh, and every day, don't take it for granted and live it to the fullest because you're not guaranteed another one. Yeah. Football is the ultimate assessment of that. You're not guaranteed another another down or a play again. It's it's a it's a rough game. It's like a like when a fighter steps in a ring. You know, it could be your last fight. Um, and and that's and that's so you so you get you get you got to take advantage of getting paid um, because. There's no guaranteed money in this sport either, really. There's a certain amount, and then that's it. There's no right. fully guaranteed guy. So he needs to do his best for for him and his family. For sure. Um, but he mentioned, he, if you remember that interview, he mentioned about how his family is you know, being close here. So yep. I'm saying all, all that to say, in the end of the day, Rashawn Evans needs to take care of Rashawn Evans and, and his family. That being said, I could see a scenario where he would take a little less to play here because he wants to be here. So um, hopefully – we see him next year, uh, Dylan, in, in black and red with a bird on this uh, side of his helmet. I, I really hope so because not only does everything seem to be working out for him in Atlanta, it seems like that DMP system is fitting here. See, it does seem like he found a home in Atlanta, and again, he said as much. But the other thing to it is it would be great to have a Rashawn Evans. He's like a young vet because he's, he's not old by any stretch of the imagination, 26, 27 years old. And when you have that young vet around the rest of these young players, that that does something. So he can be him and Grady Jarrett and maybe, you know, a couple other guys can be that that uh, veteran presence uh, around some of these young guys and, you know, help mold them and groom them a little bit and, you know, make them even better. So I think there will be a lot, a lot of benefits to bringing in Rashawn Evans, not only on, on the field, but off the field as well so is that that is if if they if you have if, if i had to make a wish list of guys i wanted to bring back not even free agents to, to bring in outside free agents but guys i just wanted to keep who are on the team currently rashawn evans is high high on that list so yeah i think that's a that really happens. that's a really good point man and that's something that we will we'll get into in this when the offseason kicks around yeah um the real real offseason yeah. i mean we can <laughs> we can talk some playoffs uh, in the next few weeks as well right but uh, I think Caleb McGarry's another guy that you need to at least look at, mm-hmm. um, Dylan. Yeah. And uh, and 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 I, me and uh, me and Wes, if you guys want to go inside the booth, um, pregame today, way way early. I mean, before before the stadium was open, um, me and Wes were in the booth going over our flip cards, and and uh, I'll, I'll give you guys a little inside look. I think it's fun. Maybe maybe you care. Maybe you don't. Yeah, peel um, behind the curtain a little bit. But, Wes and I, you know, we all have our flip card, which you guys have, we've talked about on the podcast before. I mean, for those of you that, um, well, I don't guess, I don't guess uh, the whole, the videos on up with the whole thing, but, um, but it's got all the players and it's what we use. I use as, as when I spot, um, I, I'm the executive producer of the radio network and I produce the end game, but also spot for Wes and, um, so we line up our card where we have to add players, right? There's there's guys we have to add like um, a Fetty uh, Ogan Debo um, was a guy for 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 the Bucks that they elevated because they were gonna they had some guys out and they had some guys they were clearly gonna rest and uh, Odin Odin Debo um, we we put him on the we we put it on the same spot on my card as where Wes has it. So we line up our cards and we go through and. We went through a little exercise where it was just me and him. We were just hanging out, shooting the breeze, and we were going through the roster, you know, and, and just kind of talking about guys we thought that the team might 
bring back or, yeah. or whatever or what their future would be or guys that maybe might sign somewhere else because you know they've played themselves in a new contract and stuff right and um so that was that and 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 and, and Rashawn was one of the guys we, we had a conversation about um and uh so and we had a conversation about Caleb too because of the position he plays so I think that's that's uh it's something you and I'll do for our, 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 our listeners here on Peachtree Football as we get uh, into February um, and, and, and the season, the other season kind of wraps. So we maybe maybe do it this week or maybe next month uh, or this month. I mean, later this that's month, right. we're going to go through that. Um, you know, but I think that's a fun drill, man. It's a real fun drill where they can, you know, where you can upgrade or guys that you've have played enough, right, Dylan, that you think can 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 be good depth yes. players right because yes that's one of the things that the people the fan base loses and i think we lose is that there are guys that maybe aren't starters yeah uh, on this roster that have been pushed or in this league but they've kind of been pushed there but there are guys that can come in and play and they and maybe there's some guys that they've seen that they think could take a step you know you never know so it, right. it's real interesting it's interesting to kind of look at no, it is for sure, and that's a great point that you make about, you know, we lose sight because, you know, we think, oh, you're starting for the Atlanta Falcons. Like, you you, you should – you should you're your starter material, but you're not performing like a starter. You know, they're – just to be completely honest, and this is no shade or no disrespect to anybody, uh, you know, playing for the Atlanta Falcons, but due to what our roster constrictions were – and what our calorie uh, salary cap con- uh, restrictions were. I just totally screwed that word. Our up. calorie consumption. Our calorie. Are we talking about keto or something. <laughs> we're ca- we're counting there. calories and going keto, Bo Morgan. <laughs> but no, our salary cap restrictions due to those confines that we had this season, we did have some players that probably should have been more depth pieces and we had them starting. And that and that happened this year because of injury too. So you, you have to keep an open mind that even though they may not look good necessarily as starters or there's a little more to be desired as starters, they would still be very good depth pieces. Like for one, I'll say Adio Gendeji, just as, just as a, a heads up. And I know defense is a little bit different because starters really don't matter. It's about, you know, how many snaps they get and, and snap percentage, things like that. But I think he isn't necessarily a starter, but I still think he could be a solid depth player, a solid rotation plea piece if that makes sense so and there and there are a multitude of guys like that not just on the Atlanta Falcons but a bunch of teams but no that that's just a good point uh there by you but again there we're gonna have a lot of money to spend in the offseason Bo Morgan we're gonna have a pretty good draft pick uh speaking of that by the way after the Falcons win today seems like we're gonna have the eighth pick but we won't go lower than the ninth pick so seems like we're gonna pick eighth we could potentially pick ninth I don't know the scenario in which we would pick ninth but going to be eight or nine for the Atlanta Falcons and when you're in the top 10 boat you're you're going to get a really good player and just by how Terry and Arthur Smith and the rest of the Atlanta Falcons staff drafted this year I feel pretty confident about what we can do uh this year and in the Atlanta draft and this isn't a we're we're, we're definitely going to dig our teeth all the way into the the draft as we move uh more into the offseason but just for right now Eight or nine years sitting real pretty, and there there's some good good players that you can uh, you can get with that pick, Squid. Yeah, I am. Uh, I was uh, I was just looking at somebody. I just put out something um, uh, about it, and uh, you know, I, I I tell you what, um, there's there's some for me. I know everyone wants to talk about, and we'll get into this. Talk about um, 
pass rush and um, edge rusher, but I am I'm I'm definitely looking at the interior of the defensive line um, yeah. and that with that first pick and maybe even the offensive line. I, I think right. to me, I think there's three positions. To me, you take the best player available there mm-hmm. um, at in you know D line, even if it's an edge guy. Um, you know, maybe I don't think Jalen Carter will be there, but there's a chance Brian uh, Breezy will be there from yes. uh, Clemson. Clemson. Yep. He's a hell of an interior player. He's yes. a different dude. He's not a guy Love that's going to get you 10 sacks. But guys like that next to Grady. Um, <laughs> Open a lot of things up for well, Grady. What, well, what happens is is that you start, and if you go out and get a Deron Payne or something like that, uh, you know, that or a Hargrave, um, now you're going to pay money for those guys. But you go get another Good interior money. guy next to Grady, and then you draft a guy. Now, you just change your entire defensive line. You'll have TQ Graham coming back. You just made your defensive line possibly, you know, if the draft pick plays out, one of the best in um, in football right right away. And that's going to open things up for Zoe. Now, Lorenzo Carter's a guy we didn't talk about, and he was on a one-year deal. Yeah. he's. I think he's done enough. That's yeah. a hell of a depth guy right now. You, you know, D'Angelo Moore, sure. I think it's going to get better. And and honestly, I saw a lot from Ebicady. That a lot of people I think soured a little bit, but for me about the thing about Ebicady is, is he was close, but because you never got an interior push, um, the you know guys could step up and 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 make throws. I think Ebicady is close, man. So yeah, um, as an edge player, so there's a lot to to look at when it comes to all that. But yeah, there's to me it's uh it's interior O line, it's interior it's uh, interior D line. And uh, obviously, depending on what happens with with, with McGarry and if you resign him, and, and then quarterback, because you look, yep. Casey Hayward's my I love Casey Hayward, Me but too. he he was hurt almost all half the year, I guess. Yeah, he um, played six games, I think it was, or he was in six games, went out the six games, so he didn't even play full six games. So something like that. You need I mean, a, you, you need an answer there. Older. He wasn't a long term answer anyway, so you need well, you need an answer there. Well, you know, he's a two year. He was on a two year deal, so right. maybe if he gets healthy, you could. Maybe you could you could you try to bring him back, try to add some depth in the free agency kind of right. or one of the guys you got, and then moving forward, you know, um, maybe that's a, that's a situation where, you know, maybe not this year, but next year you can draft a cornerback. But to right. me, to me, if they're if you got a top tier guy at that position, I'm pairing him with AJ right away. I mean, oh, it, yeah. you know, if he's the best player available, that's the thing that they do best player available. But I just think there's three positions at eight. You could fill a huge void in, and those are the three for me. No, for sure. I agree. It's definitely somewhere on the defensive line, whether it's in the interior or at edge rusher. Offensive line as well because, you know, Elijah Wilkinson did look okay at, at left guard, but is is he your long-term answer at left guard? And these are questions that, you know, Arthur Smith, Terry Fontenot are going to have to answer. So is, is he your long-term answer at left guard? Is Caleb McGarry your your long-term answer at right tackle? I mean, he he looked really good this season, but you know what what's his number? What's the number to bring him back? Is that a number you're willing to pay for a guy? Are are you that you you think you you think is going to be a good player and, and had a good year this year? But you know you. You don't want to say it was a fluke and say maybe he just had his breakout year this year. Now things are starting to click for him. But those are things you take into consideration. So I agree. Somewhere on the defensive line, whether it's inside or edge rusher, um, somewhere on the offensive line, or, you know, like I said, maybe even possibly a corner, depending on how the cookie crumbles. But the point being, we are definitely 
going to get a good player in the uh, with especially with our first overall pick, but hopefully with most of our picks in the NFL, the upcoming NFL draft. I have no doubts there, especially how uh, Terry and Arthur have been drafting here lately. Bo, before we get out of here, uh, just real quick uh, on the game, just to talk about the game here a little bit. And again, we aren't getting too deep into the game because I mean. It wasn't a whole lot to get into. I, we saw the we, we only saw five possessions for Tom Brady and the and the starters really. Then it, it was kind of the backups uh, up until that point. It kind of looked like a preseason game after that. And honestly, the the Falcons did what they were supposed to do against Blaine Gabbard, against Kyle Trask, against those type of dudes. And so I was impressed uh, by that. And again, they struggled a little bit um, against the. Uh, Brady and 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 the regulars and the starters I should say at first but you know it was it was a 10-10 game so it was close but do you have any overarching thoughts on on the game squid that you would like to get off your chest uh well I mean get off am I venting because if I'm venting I could talk about um <laughs> Land do- Clark and the referees but um <laughs> this is a safe space you can do whatever you want Bo now look um I am um I'm proud of uh the way this team played all year. Yeah. Um Arthur Smith has taken over uh you know, a team that that was really in a bad place in year one. I think they won what four or five games in twenty twenty. Yeah. And uh he won Oregon. seven games, seven and ten. And then whatever whatever happened with the, the the Matt Ryan Deshaun Watson pursuit, um, you lost a franchise quarterback, and the next year, you start a guy who is probably best suited to be a backup and a rookie, and you won seven games. You went seven and ten. Yep. And uh, you were predicted to go two, and you had eighty million dollars of dead cap. Um, that's uh. It's pretty freaking impressive, and mm-hmm. that's good coaching. That is, um, that's 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 guys buying in, and that's with a lot of guys, a lot of young core guys. And I think, I think we should be excited. I'm 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 excited for this. I'm future. pumped up, man. And and for all the people out there saying that they should have lost and they screwed their draft, let me tell you something. Bull. Um, Jake Matthews and Drew Dahlman and Chris Lennis from Caleb, well, maybe Caleb McGarry, but those those other three, I know they're going to be here next year. And Drake yeah. London and Tyler Algier, CP, Avery Williams, Desmond Ritter, um, Kyle Pitt, those guys are going to be here next year. Yep. And Troy Anderson and Grady AJ Perry, Terrell. AJ, Richie. Uh, Isaiah Oliver's the guy. By the way, we need to we need to talk about bringing back. Um, That's true. You're right. Uh, right. And Adi and Evan Katie. Yep. And uh, those are guys are going to be next. Graham. So, huh? TQ Graham is he is he he's still under contract? Yeah, right? he's a, yeah. he's under he's on his rookie deal. This will be next yep. year. Will be his third year, and he'll be coming back okay. from injury, and maybe Huntley when he gets back from his coach. Those right. are all guys that you know. Everybody tells, oh, the team's going to look so different. Yeah. Well, guys, you can't turn over the core of this roster. To an extent, is going to be here. Yes, you're going to turn over starters, but you're going to be returning probably of uh, 22 starters on offense and defense. You're probably going to be returning at least half. Yeah, so easily. 
you you know those guys. The more those guys win and realize how to win and and, and get you know, fin- that's all going to be great. So I'm I'm excited about all of that. What we have, what we have coming back, and I think winning is important for those guys. I don't care what you say. You know, people that say that they don't they're not around these teams. It's easy to say that, um, but in the reality of the situation, this isn't a high school football team. Nope. Or a college program where you turn over a ton of you know you turn over the rosters a lot more. Um, this is, you know, this is uh this is a you're building a culture, and the culture is this is a tough ass team that's coached tough, and um, they've done more with less, and maybe next year they can do more with more. You're right, <laughs> exactly. So there's a lot of optimism, and like I said, I think that's the theme of the day. It's really going to be the theme of the offseason. I'm excited to see the moves they make, not only in the draft, but in free agency. Going to have money to spend, going to have a good uh, multiple, a multitude of good draft picks, and I think there, I think there is a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, good things to come for this Atlanta Falcons football team. And depending on how this offseason goes, if it goes right, depending on how we draft and how these rookies turn out, you know, whoever we draft this year. Might be a bold take, but I think this Atlanta Falcons football team could find themselves in the playoffs next year. Then you know, no, a lot has to go right, but I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about the Atlanta Falcons in in, in the playoffs next year. So we will see. I don't think that's a bold take. I, yeah, I, I don't think I so think, either. I think that there's uh, that there could be a lot of. I think that, that that's a real possibility. I don't yeah. think that's a crazy bold take. It. I mean, bold. I mean, I don't think that's out of the. Dude, no, it's, not, it's not out of the question. You don't know who's going to be this. This everybody in this division was under five hundred. You had an eight and nine team and three and, seven and ten, 10 teams. Yep. Falcons are going to play last place yep. schedule, which in the NFL don't mean crap basically. Because <laughs> I was told this was the toughest schedule in football, and you went seven and ten with a with a roster. I was told you'd win two games with. Exactly. So <laughs> I don't buy in all that, but um, regardless. Who's going to be the quarterback in New Orleans? Who's going to be the quarterback in Carolina? Who's going to be the coach in Carolina? Who's going to be? We don't know who the coach might be in New Orleans. We don't know um, who the we don't know, know who the quarterback, quarterback is going to be in Tampa, Tampa Bay. Bay. Yeah. <laughs> so we might be the only one that knows who our quarterback is going to be, and we, and and, yeah. and and I think we know that Ritter is going to have, be the guy. You're going to bring in another guy, no matter what. You have to. You're not going to go on right. Logan Woodside. No, no, no offense to no Logan. Offense, yeah. <laughs> um. So there's a lot of nonsense on it so that there, there's absolutely a chance this team could be I mean, this team was a win away yeah. i mean you basically finished one game out mm-hmm. now we know it was more net with tiebreakers yeah. and stuff because you finished last but you i'm just saying you were right there you were right yeah. there so there there's a lot again optimism a lot of optimism a lot of hope and Falcons fans should be excited. I know I am, and I can't wait for the offseason, and I can't wait for next season. And, Bo, speaking of the offseason, I can't wait to get into the offseason with you. We're going to talk a lot of draft. We're going to talk free agency. We're going to talk playoffs here soon, uh, as soon as next week in the in the uh, more recent weeks and the weeks to come. And then we'll get into free agency. We'll get into the draft. We'll get into all that. It's going to be a very, very fun offseason here on Peachtree Football so make sure you don't miss a single second of it now we are going to scale back a little bit we're going to be come, coming to you two episodes a week here on Peachtree Football instead of three but still they're going to be information 
packed. They're going to be fun. We should have a lot of news, especially once we get into the thick of the offseason around the draft as well, too. So there's not going to be any shortage of fun, even though we're going down to uh, one less ap- uh, episode. But, Bo, since this is the final game reaction episode for the year 2023 and this season of Peachtree Football, do you have uh, – I know you kind of gave your, your final thoughts there, but do you have any final, final thoughts before we really wrap up? <laughs> No, um, you know, it's uh it, it it's always bittersweet to end the season for me. Um yeah. I've had this conversation with a few people today. Um we talked about this where I, you know, I I I'll, I'll miss the se- it'll be a month before I'm I'm over the season being over. I right. always it's always weird for me. I think we might have talked about this before and then and then then I'll be upset when um when I lose my summer. Uh, and when in July, right. uh, when I lose my weekends, I should say. Um, but, uh, you know, thanks to everyone that's listened to this uh, during the season and continue to listen. And thanks to line of, everyone that listens to Line of Falcons Radio Network, which is, um, you know, one of my babies. Um, this this podcast has become one of my babies. Dukes and Bell mm-hmm. is, is one of my babies. And, and Atlanta Falcons Radio Network, is a um is a big baby of mine and it's the 13th <laughs> season I, my first year was yep. 2010 with the, with the radio network yep. and i did pre and post producing and i did another year of that and then i went to the booth and in 2014 um because of uh you know the other radio station i had worked at at the time kind of lo- uh going under or not under but um you know take deciding they didn't need any live programming yeah uh, from local live programming um, was when I started my days at 92.9 and and there was a, kind of a joint we kind of did a joint thing with that, with that other place and that other company and we aired games on 92.9 and I was um, I only produced the coaches show and I know yeah. it sounds weird and it's to them, and it, but it's, that's a Atlanta Falcons radio network entity right yeah and so uh, I produced that and that was uh, and since then I've been back in the radio booth and I, I saw uh, I've been in the radio booth for the 12 and 13 season and the 15 on. So I don't know what that is. I don't know how many <laughs> years that is uh, in the booth, but I've been with the network for 13 years. And I think nine of those I've been maybe, no, this was my 10th season in the booth. There you go. 10th um, season in the booth. And um, it means traveling and everything. And, and I, um, happiest thing, I, the one thing that brings the most joy to me is doing these games. Uh, as a as an Atlanta Falcon fan, I grew up a Falcon fan. I'm a diehard. I've never pulled for another NFL team. Um, they're they're my they're my one and only special team uh, as far as NFL goes, and um, I absolutely love what I do. And uh, you know, I've complained oh, I should make more money doing <laughs> what I do with Falcons, but honestly, it's it, it's it's a thrill. It's nothing. I can't. Every year, it's it's awesome to get on a on a on a team bus or a team plane and, and go somewhere, and it's really I can't believe we're doing through another year, um, yep. and I seem to be picking up more and more job duties. <laughs> um, and this year was special, man. This was a crazy year. You know that yep. we we didn't have West for the Tampa game, and I was yeah. I had a speaking part for the first time on the network. Right. <laughs> so I just can't believe another season's in the books. And uh, West and Arch have done twenty years, I think, uh, on the network or. Yeah. network and i think 19 together in the booth and wow. uh this is year 13 for me and i can't it's crazy man but i uh i love it absolutely love it. It's my favorite part of what i do every day 
Time flies when you're having fun, and we have a lot of fun here on the Atlanta By the way, Radio Network. Yes. Before you, this is year two for you and uh, on the network, right? This is year two and where I've done it, but this is my first full time year actually. So I made yeah. it through my first full time Falcons if, Radio Network year. So yeah, so it, it's been fun. If you guys don't know, um, Dylan is our uh, is a is a is a producer on the network, and yeah. um, he is the um, he 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 runs the actual network board, and mm-hmm. uh, I know that doesn't mean a lot to you guys, but every everything you hear um, on the Atlanta Falcons Radio Network, audio wise, um, other than obviously uh, the great what the great Miller Pope runs on the board with getting us hooked up, but everything else goes right. through Dylan. Oh, Dylan's got one of the most imp- on game day. He's got one of the most important. There, there's a lot of important jobs, but he yeah. is he's <laughs> up there. Um, I just sit there and yell at Dylan and and point at guys' names on the roster uh, for West. But Dylan pushes every button that's important. Uh, him and Miller Pope uh, run the most two most important boards on the radio network, and and, and a phenomenal job you do, man. You you've He's been great. awesome this year. You've been you know I, I I I've worked with you so much. I thought you had you you did it last year. I forget you and Jahi kind of switched out, yeah. but phenomenal job for you. Year one. You nailed it. We couldn't have done it without you. So uh, make sure you put yourself down for uh, a cold uh, adult <laughs> beverage tonight. Uh, we will. Uh, we will do it for sure. And uh, it, again, it's a it's a complete team effort with what you do. And uh, there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that that you do that a lot of people don't know about too. And then obviously Wes and Dave painting the picture, making everything happen for them. So and then obviously Hall of Fame engineer Miller Pope. So it's a complete team effort, and we all do an amazing job. And you know, no. Nobody goes, uh, nobody is taken for granted. So another great year, and uh, we're looking forward to some more great years and hopefully some uh, some years coming up soon, maybe as soon as next year, where we get a little bit more than uh, 18 weeks and we get a little bit more than 17 games, and we're talking about some playoff games. And But uh, it all starts with an exciting offseason coming up very soon. But that's going to do it for at least our uh, in-season editions of Peachtree football and we move to the offseason transition and still it's going to be a lot of fun the fun is not ending the excitement is not ending and we're ready for it so for Bo Morgan I am Dylan Matthews thank you so much for listening to Peachtree football keep on listening through the offseason we'll have all your news and notes we'll be reacting to some playoff games as well so a lot of fun still to come on Peachtree football so make sure you like this podcast download the podcast subscribe to peace street football wherever you get your podcast we're on apple podcast spotify the odyssey app wherever you get your podcast peach street football is there falcons end their season on a two-game win streak on a high note 30 to 17 winners over the tampa bay buccaneers today and when we talk to you guys again on friday we'll react to some playoff games we'll keep talking about how optimistic we are about the future of the Atlanta Falcons. As soon as next year, Falcons are back on the rise. And with that, oh, 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 peace. H-E-L, 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 H